Welcome back. In this week's episode, we talk about Leah Thomas getting booed by onlookers after winning the women's 500-yard freestyle, Jesse Smollett getting off the hook of a 150-day prison sentence, and how the New York Times finally admitted to the Hunter Biden laptop conspiracy theory. I'm Luke. And I'm Rody. And this is the Right Side of the Compass podcast. So, Rody, how was uh, how was Purim? Um, look at it this way: I'm not gonna be drinking for a while. <laughs> way too much partying. Oh man, that's 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 a good thing. That's a good sign. That's a good. Uh, I like to hear that. I actually didn't drink that at all on Purim. I wasn't allowed to, um, but I had some on on Shabbat, so we're all good. Um, I made up for it. Uh, yeah, but I, it was great. I think. Uh, I think for single people, Purim on a Friday is the most difficult holiday. Yeah, why? Well, because, well, I mean, you're living by your parents, so it's a little different. But when you're, if you're like living in the city and you're like by yourself, the thing is, is that you, you, during the day, you need to go hear the Megillah. You need to give charity. You need to give out Mishloch um, Manot, which is like you give food to your friends. And then you need to make a meal, right? And you also need to prepare for Shabbat. So it's a very difficult yeah. holiday to juggle by yourself. If you're like, if if it's during the week, then it's fine because like you know you go run around, you do your thing, and then you have a meal, and there's no pressure. But the reality is, is that on Friday the clock is ticking. So that's that's just how it is. So yeah, maybe uh, maybe next year I won't be so single. This uh, <laughs> I won't be single this time next year. <laughs> uh, God, I hope maybe. not. Uh, God, I hope um, I'm still single. That's uh, I, I can't imagine being married next year. That's that sounds like a lot of pressure um yeah anyways so uh we like to make new and exciting episodes each and every week but we need your help like the video share it with your friends and subscribe to the channel hit the notification bell to be notified of our latest uploads additionally we are on all of your favorite podcast streaming platforms so you can find us there as well you can reach out to us by hitting up hitting us up on instagram at the right side of the compass or by commenting on the video um, we don't have the budget that CNN has or MSNBC or any of those other big, uh, platforms. We're kind of new around here. So if you want to see us continue doing what we're doing and, uh, maybe expand our operations, then we need more reach and we need more people to see what we're doing. So it costs you nothing to share the episode and to like the channel, but it does everything for us. It's a big, big help. So please do that. Anyway, so let's get on to the first topic because a lot of things happened over the past couple days, um, which made this episode particularly relevant. Uh, anyways, so topic one we're going to talk about today is Leah Thomas. Now, Leah Thomas, uh, formerly known as William Thomas, is a transgender athlete, which is to say a man who's dressing up as a woman who is competing in female sports in the Ivy League. Um, she... On Thursday, this person, Leah Thomas, won the 500-yard freestyle at Georgia Tech, and it wasn't wasn't even close. She won. Uh, he won by a good four seconds. What was the times again, Rody? Um. So his time was four minutes and thirty-three seconds, um, which it which was four point three seconds ahead of the second place person who is Erica Sullivan from uh, from Texas, which was four minutes and 36.79 uh, seconds. Uh-huh. 
So it was it was four point three seconds ahead. So it was a, it was a very large margin between the rest of the the rest of the people because if if I mean I'm looking at the you know the the lineup and everyone was either you know half a second or you know a second apart. Um, you know, four thirty six, thirty seven, thirty seven, eight, nine, forty, and you know, uh, Leah Thomas uh, was just way ahead of them. Yeah, I mean, number one, I think it's important to point out that like people don't get this about these kind of races. I mean, some people do, obviously, but it's very easy to forget that these races often do come down to the nano to the millisecond. I don't know nanoseconds, but definitely milliseconds they come down. So it's very it's very easy to understand why I don't know say the second place winner would be very upset that there's this male competing against her who's beating her by four seconds. That's not it's not a little bit four seconds doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're racing that 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 especially these types of very like short burst kind of races, the those seconds matter. Yeah, no, they those seconds do matter, and when you have someone who's just that far ahead. It's kind of like, well, then what's even the point of the race, kind of? And so, um, you know, there was a there was a video um, and you can look this up on YouTube um, that during the uh, giving of the ceremony of the, the trophies that, you know, they they booed um, uh, Leah Thomas and because and they celebrated the second and third place because like that's where the real race was <laughs> because the other right, right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> didn't didn't like someone sh- didn't someone like shout when Leah Thomas crossed the finish line he's a man or something like yeah yeah someone shouted like he's a man and you know protect girls sports you know boo well I mean, there was, was a big protest of- outside of the there was a big protest outside of the event regardless like it was a bunch of like women saying like protect girls sports and, and if you uh, watch the video itself, it's kind of half and half. Like you'll hear half the room uh, like clapping um, for the first place winner. Um, and then you'll hear half the room like booing. and, and Which is uh, the only appropriate response, by the way. Yeah, no, um, I agree. It's, it's, it's ridiculous because, I mean, I don't know. Did they, uh, did he, did he go through uh, hormone therapy? Like, or did he go through a sex change? But like, even if that's the case, it shouldn't matter because like his body's already fully developed. Yeah. Well, it, well, first of all, it shouldn't matter. Even if he went through transgender therapy as a two-year-old like that, not that we should, not that we're advocating to do that, but the reality is, is that it wouldn't matter. Now, however, that being said, I believe Leah Thomas, formerly known as William Thomas, was competing in male college sports just a couple of years ago. So that feels like cheating. No, this is probably what happened, okay? He was in the men's sports, and he saw that, you know, he sucked, okay? (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, hmm, what can I do to be a winner? And, you know, he's like, oh, well, I could just, you know, be a transgender and and then win in uh, women's competition. Well, it's like that South Park episode. You didn't see the South. This is the part where I say there's a South Park episode about it, and Rhodey goes, "I didn't see the South Park episode." And then I say, "Rhodey, you should watch South Park." And then Rhodey says, "Yes, I should watch South Park," and then proceeds not to watch South Park. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> thank you for having the conversation for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you do need to watch South Park because you know 
There, there's a I, couple. I will. I will watch South Park. <laughs> Proceeds not to watch South Park. <laughs> um, but there was an episode of South Park where uh, you know PC Principal, right? Uh, yes, I, I do know of him. You showed me like some clips. Yeah, yeah. So he, there, there was like I think the season after he gets introduced, there's another character who gets introduced, and this is the vice principal, the new vice principal, and her name is Strong Woman. And anyways, so at one point. I don't remember which episode it was, but there was an episode where he, she was competing against in, in sport. I think it was in wrestling or in boxing against a man who said he was female, like a guy in a cat. Oh, I think it was the transgender episode where Cartman pretends to be transgender so he could use the girl's bathroom and he ends up getting his own bathroom. He calls himself Erica. Uh, that, that, that was a great episode. Um, but regardless, it, it kind of pointed out that there's a lot of people cynically using this kind of transgender stuff. Not that transgenderism in and of itself is not cynical. It's transgenderism as a concept is very cynical. Um, but that being said, there are men who, who realize like, yeah, I, I kind of suck comparatively to other men. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to compete as a woman and then, you know, do that. Now I don't understand these people to be honest, because the reality is, is that my desire to compete is not so great that I would want to put myself through these surgeries and these hormones. And like, I'd rather that's, just be a regular that's person, you, but that's you. You have to put yourself in the mind of an athlete. You're training your entire life, you know, you to be an athlete and be a champion and, you know, to win. And if that's your entire life, then, you know, you want to, you don't want to feel like it was for nothing kind of. Well, then he well, then this Leah Thomas needs to get his money back from whoever did the surgery because he didn't even break the record. So he didn't do well enough to even warrant it. He just won this year, but he didn't like break the record. You're right. But I mean, winning is still winning. You don't need to break a record in order to to be a winner. Um, But then like, who cares? Like everyone. But this is the thing, right? I mean, everyone cares about something. No, I, I understand, but I'm saying what what my problem is is that his his win this is kind of the same problem as like the the diversity hires, right? The the problem with diversity hires, the problem with affirmative action is that, you know, when if let's say an African American person gets hired to do something, right? Their 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 job, their accomplishments always have an asterisk next to it, right? As if it's like, did they actually accomplish this or were they kind of pitied and given a diversity yeah, hire? Like they right? didn't get the job because of their skills. They got the job because of, you know, their race. If I if I was if I was getting hired, like will I would I feel good about that? Probably not. Right. And then you have to like wonder, okay, so you're going to an, a college event like this, right? Think about how many libs must be at such an event, right? maybe some regular people who are, you know, who sent their kids to college and, you know, their daughter trains her entire life to be a swimmer at an Ivy league school. Right. All of a sudden you see this man, he's dressed as a woman. Maybe he's got fake boobs, whatever, you know, he's just as real as, um, what's the woman from Baywatch? Um, what's her name? I don't remember. Anyways, regardless that woman who's very very fake she's practically made of plastic at this point anyway so you got this fake woman you know competing in the competition 
And, you know, you're a tolerant person because you send your kid to Harvard. You, you're, you're down with most of the liberal stuff. But you see all of a sudden that this man is now competing against your daughter. And you start booing, right? Because uh, this person took advantage of the fact that biologically he's a male and he's now winning this female-only race. Think about, think about what it takes for half a stadium full of, like, Ivy League parents and Ivy League people to boo transgenderism that that's crazy they're waking up to the problem they're seeing i mean they believe in transgenderism they just don't they don't believe that it's funny it's like they're kind of contradicting their own belief it's like yeah like great we should uh we you know uh you should choose your gender and you should and you know uh, gender is a social construct and all that but and then they kind of then they kind of go back on what they said and say oh well wait so it is biological because it doesn't matter if they're transgender obviously they shouldn't compete in women's sports because because obviously there's just so much physically you know the average guy is is physically you know better than a woman if they were beating them by four seconds you gotta you gotta correct that because you just said the average guy is better than the average woman without qualifying that statement by what in what arenas so you literally just said the the (laughs) You're right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> of course I'm right. I was, I'm trying to save your rear end, Rody, because if we're going to get canceled, let us be canceled for something that you actually said and not because you forgot to insert a couple of words. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Uh, what I mean by that is, um, I guess, physically, obviously, um, that, you know, Men are history. run faster, jump it's higher. Now I'm like faster. afraid to say it. <laughs> okay, so let me say it for you, and you could disagree Great. with me. So disagree with you it. could get canceled because of you, not me. <laughs> okay, fine, fair enough. So men are physically stronger. They run faster. They jump higher. Okay, At the average man. Okay, now me, I can't run faster than a five-year-old. I can't run to save my life. Okay, <laughs> um, and there are some women who are just very, very fast. But the reality is, is that if you pick 10 women off the street and you pick 10 men off the street and you have them run in a race, the men are all going to win. That's the reality. Okay. So I think a lot of people see this. Now, are we, are we going to see the beginning of people saying like, we, maybe we did go too far. Like maybe gay rights was okay. Maybe gay marriage was okay. But uh, the transgender thing is too far because it's tearing apart society. Honestly, no idea. No idea if that's going to happen. I mean, um, it, I'm I'm just more shocked that the NCAA is just allowing this. <laughs> are you shocked? I they don't know. This, like, there's, there's another South Park episode where they're making fun of the NCAA, and they're making fun of how they don't pay the student athletes, and they essentially have Cartman dress up as a Southern slave owner, and he goes to these <laughs> colleges and he asks, "How how do you how do you how do you get away with not paying your slaves?" And it's like, "We don't have slaves. We." Uh, Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Student athletes. <laughs> I'm telling you, you need to watch South Park. If you're going to, you're doing this show, Rody. You need to do it. This is very important to watch South Park because, you know, what, what happens at South Park eventually is in the news. That's true. I mean, they do it weekly. So what happens in the news happens in South Park. Right. But you could generally, but it, it doesn't. No, what I mean is that let's say they're making they're 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 making fun of an issue, right? Typically, like six months, a year later, that will unironically show up in the news, mm-hmm. right? Kinda so like how the Simpsons predicts the future. 
Exactly. I, I should probably start watching the older episodes of The Simpsons. The newer ones I heard are trash. Anyways, but I guess the final point today is that this is how we need to start treating the people who transition, especially those who do so in such a cynical way. Like, we need it. like, yeah, we should be telling people not to transition, but we need to start stigmatizing it again. We need to start stigmatizing this. Like, people who do this should not be allowed in polite society. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that, you know, we, women and men's sports should be separate, and that includes, you know, transgender, you know. No, but not only that, like, even, like, there's, there's this thing that people say, like, oh, you know, transgenderism is okay as long as they don't do it in sports. But hold on a minute. Why? Like, who cares? If, 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 tran- if gender is just a social construct, then it doesn't matter. We don't need a separate women's league. A women's league pre- presupposes that there's a difference between men and women. Yeah. Right? right. So, and, and, and when we, when we allow transgenderism to exist, even outside of the realm of sports, when we allow transgenderism to exist, right. And, and we've seen, obviously the excesses are trying to trans the kids, you know, they're, they're promoting transgenderism. Anime is like a, is a giant uh, pipeline to transgenderism, <laughs> especially some of the weirder stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's some of the weirder stuff in, in anime. It's like, okay, you know, they're the furries, you know. But we need to start, like, saying, like, hey, you know, you're expected to be the gender that you were born as. Like, obviously, intersex people, but I don't need to say that because those people are few and far between. And we could deal with those people on an individual basis. Right. But for the most part, you're born a man. Be a man. You're born a woman. Be a woman. Oh, you don't feel like that? Too fucking bad. Life is not nice. We all suffer and then we die. That's how this works, right? Stop trying to screw everything up. Stop making more categories for us to be confused with. Just be the gender you're born as. It's that simple. We don't yeah. need to we don't need to dedicate whole doctors to cutting up perfectly good people and and pumping them full of hormones when we could just tell people life sucks. We all suffer. This is a fallen world and get over yourself. Sorry, I, I just like this is this is the this is the end result, the erasure of woman of women. Now, now, don't get me wrong; I'm not a feminist by any stretch of the imagination, but like as someone who who wants you know one day my daughter to have spaces for herself, I don't want some man walking into the locker room at the at the school where she's going to and saying like, "Oh, I'm a woman now," and then undressing in front of my daughter. I don't need some weirdo telling my son that he can be a woman if he puts on a dress. I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. That's just, I don't care. And I don't care about your mental issues. Sort yourself out and stop inflicting yourself upon the rest of us. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. You're definitely right on that. That it, you know, where do you draw the line? Well, I draw the line at biological sex. (laughs) That's where I draw the line. If it's one thing, if you listen, I, listen, the Bible, I know what the Bible says about, you know, homosexuality. And I know what the Bible says about many, many different things. But the reality is, is that it's one thing to, to say like, you know, we're going to not punish people for things they do in their bedroom. Fair enough. Um, I'm willing to hear that argument. I'm not willing to hear the argument that we're going to start pumping people full of hormones because they're a little confused in the head. Sorry that I never liked that argument. And, and I've, and I've only become more convinced of it over the past many years of my life. And I, I'm not very sure of m- very many things, but this is one of them. Anyways, speaking of people who inflict themselves upon the rest of us, um, Jesse Smollett. You know who Jesse Smollett right, is, right? Uh, yeah. He, okay, ju- he's a big liar and a fake. 
Well, to, to clarify, you know, in addition to being a big liar and a phony well, as... A, he's an actor, so that's kind of his job and career. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've noticed that. I've noticed that a lot of people who, who lie on television and pretend to be other people are also not very honest when they're not doing that. Funny. Anyways, but yeah, but Jesse Smollett, to give like a little background, Jesse Smollett was an actor who is was on the show Empire. I don't know if he's still on the show. I don't I never even heard the show until he was until he did this. Anyway, so he's on the show. He's like uh he's an actor, he's black and he's gay. He checks a lot of the privilege boxes and uh the the oppression Olympics boxes rather. But anyways, you know, I'm 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 repeating myself. And so he decides um he decides to go out in the middle of the night in Chicago to pick up some eggs, but he couldn't find eggs. The store wasn't open. So he goes to pick up some Subway. And then after he picks up Subway, he gets accosted by two MAGA hat wearing Trump supporters with a noose. They were holding a noose and they said, this is MAGA country. And they tried to lynch him and he was, you know, and he, he, he escaped, barely escaped with his life. The and problem is, is that none saying, of that happened. They were saying racial slurs and, you know, uh, and homophobic slurs and uh i mean that's what he was saying that that they were saying and right you know, but the problem is none of that happened that's that's yeah. the view <laughs> none of that happened uh, <laughs> i mean they might i mean the people might have said it but the, the point the point is is that he paid them to do it oh yeah, yeah. well yeah that's more that's it's more a, well he definitely his life definitely was not in danger yeah no it's they did do that to him but he paid them to do it <laughs> Okay. Okay. So, okay, fine. That's probably a little more accurate, but still, I like the way I said it. It was more, it was, it was funnier the way I said it anyways. Uh, <laughs> so he, he, so apparently, uh, it, so everyone starts tweeting about it. Kamala Harris says like things about it. Even every, anyone, everyone gets all upset that this happened to Jesse Smollett and fair enough, right? No one should be lynching anyone. Yeah. He goes on Oprah and he gets all this attention. Yeah. Yeah, but the problem is is that number 1, Chicago isn't maga country. <laughs> Anyone who thinks Chicago is maga country is not very smart. And number 2, he somehow managed to hold on to a subway sandwich. It just doesn't really work out. Also, what are two maga hat supporting Trump supporters doing in the middle of the night in Chicago in the middle of the winter? Chicago, do you know how cold Chicago gets? Very cold. Uh, I was watching a lecture by um, Rabbi, uh, Rabbi, Professor Eugene Kantorovich, and he said that when he went to University of Chicago, they said that uh, University of Chicago's proof that hell does freeze over. Uh, so just uh, to give you an idea of how cold it is in Chicago. Um, and also, like, with all due respect to Jesse Smollett, he's not that famous. He's not that famous. He wasn't that famous. And uh, I can't. Think of a single Trump supporter. Is like, you know what show I really want to watch? Empire. That's that's the show I want to watch. Yeah, Empire. Most Trump supporters stopped. Like all the Trump supporters I know stopped watching most television shows because the TV shows became very very mean and 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 vindictive after Trump, you know, started running for office. So I stopped watching a lot of television. Um, but certainly but, Empire. Um, yeah. Yeah. What are you saying? No, I was saying certainly Empire just was not that famous of a show. So. Just as a matter of, and not like, in terms of like, would Trump supporters, real Trump supporters, would they recognize a man like Jesse Smollett walking around in Chicago at two in the morning? Kind of sus. Anyways, so he, he he gets he gets sent to court for f f faking a hate crime, and so he gets, how, how did they find out about this? 
Because you need to have a brain and eyeballs. <laughs> no, seriously, his story's full of holes. What what happened was is that um, I think the police like they the police did an investigation and they 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 said like oh this is fake and they sent it to the district attorney. And the district attorney, she said like, oh, you know, we're not going to get Jesse Smollett in prison, whatever. And then the police were like, we can't not prosecute him because this is such an open and shut case. So they insisted that Jesse Smollett get thrown in jail and be put in, f in front of a court. And Jesse Smollett got tried and he got sentenced to 150 days in prison as well yeah, as like. Well, this happened in 2019. So this is fast forward. This is uh, fast forwarding to today. To, yeah, or like a couple of weeks ago. And uh, anyways, so he, he gets sentenced to prison and he gets sentenced to like a, a lot of probation. But considering what he did, 150 days in prison, it's not that much. Um, No, how long is it? It's five months. Five months. All right. Yeah, it's five months. Um, It's not that much. Um, But in the court, he was, he was kind of like shouting... Uh, I'm not suicidal. If something happens to me, I didn't kill myself. Um, there's a there's a conspiracy theory going around saying that essentially that he wasn't just saying this to seem crazy. He was he was actually kind of very worried about his own life. He was afraid he was going to get Jeffrey Epstein in prison. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a, this was on Lotus Eaters. I thought this was a great take that essentially because he exposed how corrupt the liberal establishment is. They're going to off him in prison. Uh, so anyways, but that's not going to happen, it seems, because he was let out pending appeal. After six days in prison. Yeah, so basically he's getting off the hook. Yeah, pretty much. So so obviously, like, the regular argument goes as follows, that, like, if he's, if he's, if he's going for an appeal, right, so essentially if he's sitting in court while he's appealing the sentence then, you know, he might end up finishing the sentence before he gets off on appeal, right? Um, but the but I think there's something else happened. He was on, like, a hunger strike while he was in prison. He, like, he wouldn't eat anything. They had to, like, feed him ice cubes because he just refused to eat. Talk about, like, unhinged. Like, really unhinged. Um, I, I, yeah, hunger strike. I, I think he genuinely believes that he's innocent. He was trying to make a political statement, I guess. Yeah, that's not how our court system works. Oh, I know that. <laughs> oh, silly me thinking that the law should be about the law, not about making a statement. Okay, what, what was I thinking? I'm such a I'm, Rody. What am I doing being a podcast host? I I, I should have known this. Anyways, uh, so yeah, so Jesse Smollett, I think that he used his privilege to get out of prison. Oh, that's what you think? Yeah, easily, easy. Used his uh, privilege. There's no way he didn't. You can't get out of a of a of a 150 day prison sentence if you don't have strings to pull. And the truth is, he did. Because the reality is, is that he's a rich gay black man. He has lots of privilege in the United States, and therefore he got out of jail. And and this is like the kind of thing, right? Like we we're constantly told, like, oh, if you're a straight white male who thinks he's a straight white male, then you have privilege, right? But the reality is, you don't. The reality is, is that if you're a straight white male who thinks he's a male, then no one gives a crap about you, right? Everyone cares about Jesse Smollett, even though he's a criminal. What Jesse Smollett did was objectively false. Oh. Well, I not false. It was objectively like bad. It was a bad thing to do. The tables have definitely turned where 
like people always talk about, you know, white privilege, uh, heterosexual privilege, stuff like that. But because there's been such an extreme to change that, it's flipped that there's now, now there's like you said, there's uh, racial and and sexual orientation uh, privilege where it's like, oh, you know, now they have the advantage. Right, but that's what makes this so frustrating, right? Because if I did, if I did as a Jew, as a like, if imagine I staged a fate anti-Semitic hate crime, right? Not that you actually need to do those because actual anti-Semitic hate crimes happen fairly often in the United States. But hypothetically. Hypothetically. Suppose I were to fake one, right? I would probably get the book thrown at me. Yeah. I mean, not only... Things like, not only would people hate you, but like other Jews would hate you also, which is like another thing. It's like you're ousting yourself from your own community. Which but that's like the thing. The, I don't think Jesse is. Like, you're assuming that that like the black community is not coming to his defense. I'm not going to say it's not in the Jewish community because I think there is a very big aspect of victimhood in many Jewish communities. But I will say this. I think that a lot of Jews have enough victimhood, actual victimhood, that they go, we don't need to make up victimhood. But there's a lot of stories. I'm sure you've heard of fake hate crimes. Like someone writes the N-word on a bathroom stall or whatever, and it turns out to be some black person wrote it. Or it was like someone like vandalized their own home to pretend that a hate crime happened. Like it happens fairly regularly. Or like, you know, insurance there's not fraud. enough. Like, you know, someone cuts off their own hand so they can, you know, collect uh, money. Exactly. It's not, listen, the reality is, is that I don't think that the mainstream uh, listen, I, I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think the certainly the left wing community doesn't care about fake uh, victimhood. But I think there's a lot of people in the African-American community who are like, hey, you know, I don't, I don't really care about fake victimhood because it's about the message. It doesn't matter if Jesse Smollett actually got victimized because it's about what it says about our country. It's about the larger narrative, right? Well, if it's if you if the narrative is entirely made up, I don't want to hear your narrative. Write a book about your fake story, but don't don't like clog up police resources. Not that the Chicago Police Department was doing anything important, anyways. Because like I think two people get murdered every weekend in Chicago. That's fun. <laughs> yeah, Chicago's not a safe place. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so like, listen, you know. I don't know. There's nothing else to say. Like, this is just very frustrating as, as someone like we've seen a lot of lawlessness and a lot of, uh, I don't know. We've seen like cities burn because of George Floyd, but this is also very frustrating and it's frustrating, especially because it's so obvious. We saw so many people get caught with their pants down and they're still trying to hold on to the narrative that Jesse Smollett somehow was wronged when the only person who wronged Jesse Smollett was Jesse Smollett. However, I do think there is a thing we didn't think about, though. What? The reason why they let Jesse Smollett go is because he was forced to be in prison with his attacker. And why would that... The, the attacker that he paid Rody, to... do I need to explain this one to you? Yeah, you've got to explain this one to me. Because he's his own attacker. <laughs> oh, okay, I got it. I was right. a bit late. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta be faster <laughs> on this. Rody, come on, man. Anyways, so let's talk about election misinformation. Okay. Right. right. So what if I told you 
that the New York Times shared election misinformation. What if you told me? I would say, what? Really? No. They did. They did. So during the 2020 election, like October 2020, the New York Post wrote an article about Hunter Biden and a laptop showing business connections, tying Joe Biden to many foreign businesses such as Burisma. As you may or may not know, Hunter Biden got a very, very fat stack of cash to sit on the council of, to sit on like the board of directors of Burisma. Now, how much do you think Hunter Biden knows about energy policy? Um, not much, but I mean, obviously, uh, he probably, you know, he used his father's name to, to get those connections. So, no, so you see, if you say that, that would be a very logical thing. But if you say that, you are now a conspiracy theorist. Congratulations, Rody. You are now a conspiracy theorist. Oh, thank you. Just let me let me get you a tinfoil hat. Just find yourself a tinfoil. We need we need tinfoil hats. Anyways, <laughs> so so yeah. So th- this is the New York Post wrote about this in 2020. Now the thing is, is that articles like this show up during every election season, where like around a month before the election, some big article comes out knocking one of the candidates. Some big scandal happens. It, it, it happens to most people all the time. <laughs> and that's because um, politicians are not exactly the cleanest people, right? This is what happened, I think, with Hillary Clinton. This is the email scandal. It happened, like, right before the election. And that's one of the reasons why Hillary lost. Yeah, I mean, look, every election, there's something. Even uh, in the, you know, the beginning of this country, um, you know, the the founding fathers would do it to each other also. Really? Look, yeah, I think it was, like, John Adams or like Thomas Jefferson, like one of them wrote like in the newspaper about and like made up a total lie about either this person was, you know, cheating or, um, um, you know, or sleeping with that person. You could look it up. It's it's fairly interesting. Yeah, but unlike that, this actually happened. This is a federal probe into Hunter Biden's tax filing. So this is not untrue. You're right. This is is true and that it was covered up by the media because after it was Twitter, Twitter, Twitter blocked, and Facebook, Twitter and Twitter Facebook. and Facebook blocked the, the New York Post's post. Wow, that's interesting. OK, the New York Post's post on this topic. Well, you could. So here's the thing. You couldn't share it on your page and you couldn't even send it privately through Messenger or in private messages, which is funny because that was news within itself <laughs> yeah that, that, but but that's the thing right so the, they covered up the story they effectively covered up the story in addition to the fact that voting was going on for a while right so during the 2020 election because we were all afraid of the the coof right so everyone was voting from home it wasn't election day it wasn't even election week it was election month it was election season that's one of the reasons why i'm against extended election seasons because the reality is, is that as the candidate, you have a right to campaign until election day. And if people are voting months ahead of election day, then you don't really have the full advantage of election season. That's just the reality. And things like this do happen where they come out a month before the elections and people need to be aware of these things. But if they already voted, they can't change their vote. I mean, they can yeah, send in a provisional right. ballot, ballot, but still like that all automatically becomes dependent on well did you which know, is did one of the issues and why like it's really mad like it makes me uh you know 
it's very disturbing to to know that oh yeah maybe New York Times is is admitting it now but it's like well then okay you're admitting it now but what's the point it's not going to do anything well but but here's the thing so I'm gonna I'm gonna say something a bit controversial I'm not upset at the New York Times about this I mean the New York Times is a trash rag that you should not read. But this is not the New York Times' fault, right? Because the New York Times is now reporting on the federal um, – like, yeah, they're not good journalists. And good journalists would report on the fact that the New York Post is being censored and whatever and that Facebook and Twitter are doing this and they would and they would report it, right? But the reality is is they're reporting on the story now. And the, the thing about the story is that it, it, they're reporting on the federal probe into Hunter Biden. There was – there was very little federal probe into Hunter Biden. So one could make the argument, and I think it's a very poor argument, but they could still make the argument, that the New York Times is just doing what they, they're reporting on a federal thing, and they weren't going to report on, you know, a, like right-wing news. They were going to do their own news, and that's fine. I think the bigger issue is that Facebook and Twitter had the, uh, had the capability to silence this story in the first place. That, to me, is more disturbing than the New York Times. Are they going to censor the New York Times article now? For admitting that there was uh, that there was that Hunter Biden and the Biden family more broadly is is uh, compromised that no, we're owned by Times China are, and we're owned by Ukraine and we're you know the New York Times a credible resource in quotation well, marks yeah that that always bothers me right so when I was in community college back in the day and I know community college everyone laughs at community college but the truth is is that I found the community college and this is a tangent by the way I found that. Students at community college actually work harder because they have something to prove. Whereas um, Harvard students and Princeton students, they're all like, they already proved themselves. So they're kind of resting on their laurels, but people don't take community college seriously. And so they actually make you work there. Right. And I remember I had a professor over the summer. I was taking international relations, uh, a class, which is why I majored in international relations when I went to four-year school. And but he I remember he told, he told me something that I guess kind of stuck with me at the time. But now I, I kind of question. He says, like, oh, you can't use sources like Breitbart. You have to use sources like The New York Times or this one or that one. And to me, I always thought, well, like. What, what makes a source credible? Because if you keep on making mistakes and you keep on misrepresenting the facts and you keep on with the false framing and you keep on with all this stuff, right? And you keep on with the corrections on page seven with the big article on page one, right? To me, you're fake news because you're not being, you're not giving over information in an honest, in an honest manner, right? So that's, that's number one. So like the, the concept of a credible source, I've always hated that. Um, you should take news sources with a grain of salt, no matter who you are and no matter what you're doing, whether you're writing an academic article or whether you're just reading the news, you should pay attention to what you're doing. You should fact check us. There's no reason that we're not any holier because, you know, I mean, we, we are the right side of the compass podcast. So you should take what we're saying, you know, <laughs> seriously, but more honestly, you should fact check us too because we get stuff wrong all the time and we're not afraid to admit it, right? Well, it's more like get the information from all sides and, you know, come up to your own, you know, come up with your own conclusion. I, I'm going to disagree slightly with what you said there because I don't believe in, I don't, I don't think that's very useful information. I think, Why? well, because for, for the most part, people don't have time to, you know, follow every single news story. And, and follow up with like 17 different articles from each point of view. I think p 
people want to know that they're looking at a news source and that it's trustworthy and that they can assume it's correct. And I think that's a fair assumption because we rely on the media to give us the information. And so there's an implicit understanding that if we're giving you this responsibility, if you're, if we're giving you this privilege of making money on information, then you have a responsibility to give us correct information and not lie to us. Right. So what I think is more accurate is to say, is to find two or three sources that you trust that consistently get things right, that consistently engage in ethical journalism and, and, and look at those sources, see what they say. And not to look at sources from all the sides, because some of the sides are not a very honest, right? I don't treat the New York Times as a credible source. I don't treat them as an honest actor. And so I don't really think about what they say. When they say something, if, if the New York Times reported that the sky is blue, I would walk outside to double check, make sure it's not red. I mean, if you walked outside during sunset, you might, <laughs> you, then you might be surprised. Well, but then I would say it's like bat. It's like the like missing context. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah. So it's it's missing context. Yeah. So that's um. But but this is the thing, right? That, to me, what 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 what's more upsetting is Facebook and Twitter, and that's because this is likely one of the factors that contributed to Joe Biden winning. Uh, yeah, of course. Okay, you say that, but you don't re like maybe maybe you're just not reacting like the same visceral reaction I have. The gas prices are very high. We have this war in Ukraine, the Afghanistan pullout. Not that I wanted to stay in Afghanistan, but the way it was done was so poor. And to think that if Facebook and Twitter just allowed people to share articles, they didn't need to endorse the article. They didn't need to say, oh, this is a great article. We love it. They could have just left it alone. Perhaps we could have had a better president. Yeah, maybe. There's, there's no way to know, unfortunately. Although, although I will say this, there may not have been a right side of the compass if Joe Biden wasn't the president. So, you know, silver lining. Ah. Silver lining. <laughs> um, how do we prevent this from being done in the future? This is because if we're seeing that, because this is, I think you, you outlined the problem, which is that when the information's relevant, they'll cover up the information. And then when the information's not relevant anymore, when no one cares, they'll be like, ah, ha, 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 oh, yeah, I guess we, I guess we were wrong. Oh, well, oopsie daisies. Well, oh, well. In, in my experience working in media, one thing I've learned is that when it comes to misinformation, it's not about what they're saying. It's about what they're not saying. So, you know, for example, they'll show a clip or something of this person saying it, but they won't show like before and after. And when it comes down to is is like context. A lot of times, like it's about what they're not saying or the way they phrase things, Fra like, like false framing. That's like false framing. Yeah, like, like, like you've example, ever seen those articles about in uh, about Israel where like they'll say like Palestinian man dead in suicide attack, right? And what they're yeah. really saying is that Israeli forces neutralized the Palestinian terrorist. In a terror yeah. attack. Like, they're still giving the right information, but the way they're framing it conveys a different story. Right. But I think we need to back up for a second, right? Because I think there's there's separate issues, right? Like, I don't even think the issue here is the New York Times, right? Because okay. obviously the New York Times headline was trash, right? But I right. think the issue is more that you have the government colluding with social media and the gov because the government can't ban speech, right? There's a First Amendment. We the government can't ban speech, political speech certainly, right? 
So they, instead of banning speech directly, what they do is they go to the social media companies and they say, why don't you just ban this article, right? And they say, sure thing, daddy government. And then they ban it, right? Eventually the truth gets out. Eventually someone at these news organizations does their job, right? But the reality is, is that at that point it's too late. Who gives a shit, right? Yeah. So we need, like, so what, how do we solve this problem? How do we regulate what do we do to make sure this doesn't happen again? Because the reality is, is that I think the the solution is, is to make very, very heavy regulations on social media and say that social media itself cannot censor things that are not prohibited by the federal government. Um, yeah, no, I think. Um, so you're saying that these private companies should also be under the First Amendment where they can't censor yeah i think yeah i think i you could i could maybe hear the argument and say that someone in their own home can censor information and i think that's fair right i think if someone's taking i think if an organization is taking money from the federal government which facebook and twitter most certainly are then they need to respect the first amendment they need to respect the constitution they need to respect the american legal system they cannot act as if they're they're like they the and they need to do this because the American government, if they, if these companies are not forced to play by the constitution, then the government is just free to use these companies, especially the social media companies as a way to sidestep the constitution. Oh, we're not censoring your speech. Facebook is censoring your speech. Oh, we're not taking away your weapons. Just all these places that don't allow you to bring guns in them. They're taking away your weapons. Right? Yeah, Exactly. And we saw this, by the way, I think there was like, there was an, there was an issue with the third amendment. You know what the third amendment is? Like no one talks about the third amendment. <laughs> no, but do you know what the third amendment is? Uh, <laughs> no. You have oh to remind God. me. <laughs> okay. So it's like, you can't harbor soldiers. You can't be forced to harbor soldiers in a time of peace. Can you repeat that? You can't be forced to harbor soldiers in a time of peace. Okay. Yeah, okay. And so there was a big issue because when Joe Biden was being um, inaugurated, they were bringing in all these um, they were bringing in all these uh, oh, National Guardsmen and they wanted to put them in a hotel. But then there was a Third Amendment issue, which I don't think I don't think in anyone's 2021, uh, you know, bingo card. They were like Third Amendment issue. I don't think anyone was like that. Um, <laughs> Yeah. We live in a very bizarre timeline where someone brought up the Third Amendment because like, how often do you need soldiers in peace? <laughs> like, it's unbelievable. Poor, poor Third Amendment. <laughs> no, at the time it was very useful no. and I'm very glad it exists. But it's That'd it's one so of those funny. Like you know, like there are some TV shows where it's like, oh, if a you know country was a person and they you know and they have the the show and like each each country is a person. Or, you know, a language is a person. Can you imagine if they made each amendment a person and just like have the third amendment here, like not included in anything? <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's all sad and alone. 2021 was the year of the third amendment. Anyways, <laughs> so no, but like the third amendment is one of those amendments that's very important in theory, but in practice, it doesn't have much practical application. And I'm still glad it's there because I don't want to be forced to harbor soldiers during peacetime, but still, you know, you. It's very funny that it rarely gets brought up and it was just kind of this weird niche application and it ended up just being like it. Yeah. So anyways, but that's kind of like the point, right? So the, the, 
you can't use corporations to sidestep the amendments, right? You can't force a hotel to take in your soldiers because they're a corporation, right? So similarly, you can't use uh, you can't use a corporation to sidestep the First Amendment or the Second Amendment, right? So the the federal government thought, oh, they're they're a hotel. So if we you know if we pay them money, we'll you know we can put our soldiers there. And then they realize, oh, that's a Third Amendment issue, right? So why is it not a First Amendment issue? Why is it not that if if the government tells Facebook to censor misinformation, quote unquote, then that somehow doesn't violate the First Amendment? I, I don't know. There's, it doesn't seem like there's any solution for. Uh... Yeah. Well, um, it, well, in the in the words of uh, Caitlyn Jenner. We need someone with the balls to call it out. <laughs> bringing it, bringing it back around. <laughs> <laughs> yes, bringing it back to the first topic. We need someone with the balls to do something about this. Anyways, so yeah, I think uh, I think that's all there is to say about this topic. All right. Um, well, then that's our episode. Please like the video, share it with your friends, and subscribe to the channel. Hit that notification bell to be notified when we upload. In addition, we are on your favorite podcast streaming platforms. You can find us on Instagram at the right side of the compass or on YouTube. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode and we look forward to you tuning in next week.